Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Man the Post Weekend Review. I'm your host Dave, and tonight I'm joined by one man and one man only, Simon O'Regan. How's it going, mate? Oh, I'm fantastic. Possibly as good as I've ever been. <laughs> How are you, more importantly? Uh, pretty similar, yeah. I mean, we were just uh, talking just before we started recording. I was, uh, had a heavy day and night in Cardiff on Saturday and followed that up with a lot of exuberance, shouting in my front room, watching a, a game that we'll come on to later. So if, if my voice sounds a bit hoarse tonight, it, it's the effects of not knowing how to enjoy supporting a, a good football team on the back of a session that a man of 36 really shouldn't be doing anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you're not going to stop now. I mean, what's, what's 36 is just a number. Well, exactly. I mean, the, the thing I mean, is, you know, I've, I've, I've built up a reputation that just needs to be maintained. That's true. And the thing about it, George, George Best into his late 50s and he was all right. Well, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People have often said, uh, you know, me and Georgie Best, two peas in the same pod. <laughs> two peas in a pod, that's exactly it. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, the the roll call list for night was, was getting slimmer all the time. Chris's, uh, Chris's ceiling's caved in, I think. He said it was raining in his room. I assume that's what he means. He's gone very uh, very Alan Bennett in his old age. But yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's not here. And, and Carl just said he was working, which some street corner in Liverpool is very fortunate tonight. So let's see <laughs> how that pans out for him. Um, right. The biggest game of the season so far, quote unquote, took place on uh, Saturday lunchtime, that old favourite slot after a national break. Um Finish 1-1, Man City 1, Liverpool 1. Um, did you say any of this? Were you still able to see in a straight line at this point? Uh, so we, uh, yeah, we, I, I saw the, the second half. We, we were delayed uh, get, getting into Cardiff, but, but we, uh, no, we watched the second half of this. Um, from, from what I saw in that second half, it, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe the first half was, was really, really good and, and they petered themselves out, but I, I didn't think it was... I mean, I don't know about you. Maybe you've, you, I'm assuming you watch it all. And have well, gone, uh, ironically, so... ironically, I watched the first half and I had to leave to go to our oh, game. Right. So I watched the second half, like, kind of walking to the ground. Um, yeah. so, so I couldn't give you any heavy-hitting analysis on the second half. The first half, I mean, it was it was an open game, but um, yeah. from what I saw, Liverpool sort of I mean... cl- closed, closed the gaps a bit because basically like, there, was, there was nothing between Liverpool's... Uh, defence in the midfield and uh, Man City would just stroll them through it time and time again um, second half that happened a lot less so I assume someone tightened something up somewhere yeah but I mean I I still the from what I saw I, 
I, I felt that for me it was only a matter of time before City got their second I, I, I thought they looked relatively comfortable mm. um, I mean the, the, the first goal it's you know, it's, it's a mistake from Allison initially, and then some some horrific defending from the uh, the often maligned Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> I mean, he's he must be one of the most talked about right backs in since Cafu or the Scottish Cafu. I, I, I should imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't criticise him for defending because if you do, you've got an agenda against Trent Alexander Arnold. You're not allowed to say what you see. Yeah. Um, so, despite the mountains of evidence. Well, suggests that, that he can't defend. Well, well, I mean, surely the fact that like every manager who has him is, is trying to shoehorn him into midfield, like that might be a bit of a clue as to where his where his frailties lie. Um, but yeah. don't, don't, don't let that spoil um, a good agenda. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so I mean, that, that goal was, was three hours. Obviously, the, the initial kick was poor. I, I, you know what? I think what he was trying to do was exactly the right thing. He, he just didn't execute it. Right, you know, if he, Addison's normally, you know, he's probably him and Edison are probably, I think, in a, a league of their own in terms of the ability, their ability with the ball on their feet and in goalkeeping. Um, so you know, he just got that wrong, and then awful defending. But then I actually thought Allison was poor with the finish itself. You know, Harlan took it quickly, mm. but he got he got a good solid hands to it. He should be doing better. Um, so yeah, one more down, and then the second half. I think Liverpool massively got away with one with that goal being disallowed. It's one of those... Very uh, soft, wasn't it? Very uh, soft. It's, I mean, I, I remember the, the only the only sort of similar thing like that that I can recall off the top of my head was a goal last season that, that uh, the boss man, Ross, still maintains was a foul on Melier. But, but it wasn't. It was, that, that was weak as piss goalkeeping back then and it was exactly the same from Alisson you know he, he pushed I can't think of the player it was but he pushes him away and he, he just he, he, it's weird. like it's not a foul it's never a foul but it's one of those that 99 times out of 100 frustratingly gets given for you and I think had, if that counts as, as I believe it should have done then I, I think live, uh, Man City would have maintained their uh, Hundred um, percent winning run in the calendar twenty twenty the calendar year at, at home. But well, yeah, well, you've absolutely nailed that. that. You've nailed that stat, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they, uh, you know, but, but, but you know, Liverpool they, they 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 got away with that one and they they took advantage and Trent's kind of he showed the. Uh, What's the, 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 the complexity of, of his game and the analysis of it because he's one of those that he he does have so many deficiencies in his defensive game but he is a fabulous footballer and he, I thought he took his goal brilliantly he did take it well I think hitting it early helped as well I think Edison was uh, was expecting that um, mm. I thought both goalkeepers had uh, some moments in this one I don't, you didn't see the first half but there was an, an incident where I can't remember if this mid-match today or not but like the ball like sort of bobbled around the Man City box and was going out for a corner. And Edison decided to throw himself full length. Bear in mind, it wasn't going in. He threw himself full length and parried it back in the middle of the six-yard box. And, like, <laughs> that is a bold decision. <laughs> um, and, and luckily, someone hacked it away. But um, obviously, Allison spent most of the first half trying to dribble the ball as close to his own goal line as possible without being, without being tackled. Um, which he just about got away with. But yeah, he was. I think he was lucky on the, the yeah. corner as well. Um not a not a brilliant day for 
him. Um, but they got away with it. I think they thought to take the point beforehand, um, without doubt. Um, City, as you say, they didn't make loads of chances, which is not necessarily like them. Um, I think Alvarez scooped one over, start the second half. Um, do you think that was yeah. just... You know, that was just Kind of, you know, obviously a difficult opponent, but also first game back, maybe not that fluid, or is there more to it than that? Um, it's, it's, it's tough to say because I, I think like Liverpool, to be fair, have have had a very good start to the season, and like the last few weeks or so, I think Van Dijk has has got back to sort of the the best that that we saw of him a, a couple of years ago. Mm. I think mean, I don't. I mean, he's one of those like. There's no doubt he's he's an excellent defender. I I think he's he's overrated when when you hear talk of one of the greatest of all time to play in the Premier League. Like, I genuinely think I could probably reel off ten or fifteen centre backs that I think are better. But but he is he is very good, and he's to start the season. I think he had a few problems, but. I'd, I, I think he, he wasn't really quite 100% fit, whereas he, he kind of looks back to his sort of uh, physical best. You know, he, look, he looks strong and quick again. Um, so I think when, when you're up against it's a, a team that are playing well, it, it can be difficult to create chances at the time. And I think, like you say, uh, obviously I didn't see the first half, but Liverpool, certainly in the second half, obviously rectified what they maybe didn't do quite so well in the first half and yeah City didn't really they didn't they didn't, I don't think they really did an awful lot or created enough to say that they definitely deserved to go on and win that game but as you know as we've already mentioned they they, they were unfortunate not to get that, that second and I, and I think that would have killed I don't think Liverpool would have come back from two down No and there was a save just before the Alexander Arnold equaliser as well it was a saver block, but it was a little ball across the six-yard box, which Haaland tried to convert, um, which proved to be pivotal. So with that game finishing a draw, um, that would open the door later on in the evening for Arsenal, which we'll come on to after we've done the rest of the three o'clocks. But um, sticking with solidarity of match of the day, which is doing all the three o'clock games first, hmm. um, which I'm all for, a lot of respect for that. Um, we head off to Burnley 1, West Ham 2. Um Burnley looked like they might get their win here um, after Jay Rodriguez scored a penalty but then um, West Ham equalised through what's gone down as an own goal um, the young lad Obama is it tried to try yeah. to try to claim it um, turned out nowhere near it uh, and then uh, in injury time Thomas Socek won the game for West Ham kicking the teeth of Burnley um, are you surprised? Um if you'd have told me before the game that, that West Ham were going to win it 2-1, I don't think that would have been something that I'd have thought is, is a, it would be a crazy thing to say. But sort of from what you'd seen, again, I don't know if I'm surprised because, okay, yeah, you won the look with, with five minutes to go. You, you think you shouldn't be losing. But that's seven home games, seven defeats for Burnley now. Like, mm-hmm. there's just... I mean, I think once once that equaliser went in, I, I, you know, if, if you were if you had access to um, to Sky Bear at, at that exact time, I think you'd be lumping on West Ham to go and get a win, and like you just you felt that day was coming. And I mean, the 
the equalising goal, yeah, you could probably say it's, it's a tad unfortunate the way it's gone in, but but then once you have conceded that, with the defending for for the winner, yeah, he was so poor to, to, to allow the cross to come in. Great cross to be fair from uh, Kudus, is it? Um, you know, it's a really good ball in, but Suchek gets away from Rodriguez, who I actually didn't even know was was back playing for Burnley in the Premier League until I saw that. Saw he'd scored a penalty. He's just, he's, he's one of those that, I mean, we, we've said it a few times uh, already this season that you kind of, you do worry for Burnley and they've just, they've shown absolutely nothing. I mean, they, seven home defeats. And, and again, it's, it's something that we've, we've mentioned a bit of context behind that. They have had some, some tough home games and they've lost to, Worse, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man U, but West Ham at home, one nil up with four minutes to go. You've got to, at the bare minimum, take a point from that, and, and to lose that, you just, you do really fear for them. I like, I, I, I cannot see any way that they're going to stay up the way things are. Yeah, I mean, you've got to bear in mind as well for context. West Ham are missing Bowen and Antonio, but um, certainly Bowen's a big miss for them. And yeah. Uh, you know they've um, they've ended up losing uh, a game from you know they were winning with uh, five minutes to go, which is normally not a good sign, when you, especially when you've lost <laughs> your pre- lost your previous six home games as well. So all in all, um, poor for Burnley. West Ham hard to make no to make a West Ham like they've got the the making of a very very good team um, if they can get some consistency. I mean obviously Europe's. Um, a factor in that, but they sit ninth. They're only three points off say, ourselves in sixth. Um, it's not, uh, it's not, not been bad, has it, for Moyes in the gang? No, I mean they've, they, they had a really, really good start, and then they, they kind of went on a, a, a poor run, didn't they? Where they, I think they probably went about something like four or five games without a win and a couple of heavy defeats, and then on the way. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's difficult, really, what, what to make of them because, like you say, they've they have got some really, really good players. Um, I, I like David Moyes. Like he, he clearly is a really good manager. You know, the job he's done at West Ham in in the main has been brilliant. He's, he's won mm. them a trophy. I do think, I say if if Unai Emery was in charge of West Ham for the last year, Moyes is in charge of us for the last year. I don't think our two teams would still be in the positions that they're in and that's that sounds like it maybe being really disrespectful to Moyes I'm not I just I think under us if they had a manager who was you know the next level up from someone like Moyes I think they they, they could be doing even better yeah I think that squad's starting to evolve now I think Caduce is an excellent pickup. Um he fits in that you know he's added an extra dimension to the team um, there's obviously also Pakatar who May or may not get banned, but we talked about him a few weeks ago. He's he's not your standard mid-table fodder player, if you know what I mean. Like I think he could he could probably yeah. get in a lot of teams higher in the league, um, and he obviously one of them tried to buy him. So um, so that's not just us um, talking crap as usual. I think that's that's probably quite fair to say. But um, I've always thought that um, West Ham's owners would look to move Moyes on because I, I feel like well. I've all maybe obviously one of them's passed on now, but um, I've always felt like they they like um, 
the reputation of you know a foreign manager who's who's won this that and the other and, and what that what that could bring. And I always thought that they thought like Moyes was. I always think they were doing him a favour by giving him a job. I mean, obviously, you know, they peddled him once. How, uh, yeah, well, when he'd done, it was in Pellegrini who came in after. Yeah, which kind of, again, yeah. sums, sums that up exactly, doesn't it? Like, they had yeah. Moyes who had done a great job, kept them up, and they saw former Premier League winning manager Manuel Pellegrini was available, yeah. um, and he was a disaster, really, wasn't he? Like, you, you know. Yeah. Um, but what you would say is that m- most of this squad Moyes had for a while now when they, you know, yeah. they play Moyes' way and a lot of them have been bought for, to play Moyes' way. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily a straight fight, but what they've got now is a squad that I think is probably ready to evolve from Moyes' ball. Um, yeah. And whether he goes with them or not is, is another well, matter. I, <laughs> I, I think it's probably the one thing that looking at the squads where I think they, they're really lacking in terms of, um, you know, maybe trying to be a team that would push for a Champions League position this year. It's, it's probably a lack of uh, real, real top-quality centre-forwards. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's, he's trying to put Bourne in there, isn't he? Um, he's yeah. probably, I don't think there's any doubt he's their best finisher out of, you know, and Antonio has always been a, a bit of a means to an end. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be the best number nine in the world. Yeah, um, well, I mean, Antonio, he's, he's probably just physically, while still will have his moments during the season, but he's not, you know, he's he's not by no means old, but he's, he's not a young man. Any, do you know no. what I mean? Like he's he's, he's on he's on the decline. Um, yeah, I, I think if they like Bowen, yeah, I agree. He's a really good finisher. I mean, he, he, get, he gets a lot of goals, so I can understand from one point of view with the options available why he's thinking okay well let's just stick him in the middle but then I think you just take so much out of his game yes. as well um, but you know good centre forwards are difficult to get hold of to be honest although <coughs> that, that, that is the other issue well that's, that's that's exactly the problem isn't it I mean Danny Ings looked like he would be an ideal player really um, but he's mm. barely had a kick and when he has he obviously hasn't impressed enough to, uh, to hold down a place so Never mind. Um, on we go then to uh, Luton Town to Crystal Palace 1. Um, great result for Luton. Um, I really expect Palace to do what Palace do best, which is turn up against a relegation team and win. Um, <laughs> Luton, though, had the answer to this, which was to injure Eze in the set, um, towards the end of the first half. And uh, that seems to be the key to, uh, to Crystal Palace's fortunes, because without him, they're, they're obviously missing the talisman. Um, were you surprised Luton won this? I can't remember if you were one of those who said Luton would never win a game in, in the in the league or was that perhaps sounds like Carl to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that was yeah, that might have been Carl and, and Chris also said that they wouldn't get a point away from home. Um, mm. Look, I mean, I yeah, Luton, I, I think we were all at the start of the season where so I think we all probably picked them to finish bottom of the table. But I think from relatively early on this season, I have said a couple of times on this, that if you were, out of the three promoted teams, they look far and away the most likely to stay up if one of them is. They they obviously don't have an awful lot of Premier League quality in there. But, but, what, but what they do have, which can get you a long way at the bottom end of the table, is a genuine togetherness and, and fighting spirit. Like, there's... You, there's no. I think because it's such a 
an unlikely event that they that they're even in the Premier League. Really, they kind of that novelty factor, which again probably sounds more disrespectful than I mean it to be, but but it can take you a long way when you're in that position and. Their home records or their home form has, hasn't been too bad this season. Really. Like they've, they've they've done all right at home and probably not picked up some of the the amount of points that they they, they probably deserve to have. And I think uh, I think they on match of the day they were showing that you know the the games they've lost this season. There's only been like two or three where it's been more by than a defeat by more than um, one goal. So. They've, they are competitive. You know, what, what they what they lack in quality, they, they do make up for in sort of organisation and hard work. And what they do have as well is I think they've got a, a good goalkeeper. You know, he made a couple of really good saves on the weekends. When we played them the other week, he 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 kept that scoreline down in that game. He made some really good saves against us. And I think that is Ogbeno on on the wing. Yes, he's, yeah. he's not a bad little player. You know, he's a he, he looks like he's got a bit about him. Chong, who, who was on loan at, at Blues last season, and you know my mates. Uh, unfortunately, I've got I've got a couple of mates who are from the dark side of the city, but they they raved about him a lot. You know, obviously he came to the Man U academy, and I, I think he he's a decent player. So I, I would still say they'll have to do very very well to stay up. But as I said a few times. They're the one team that I think are giving themselves a, a real fighting chance. And you know, as for Crystal Palace, they they are one of the most odd teams. Like if any other team in that sort of bottom half of the tables, you know, like Palace, Forest, uh, Chelsea, you know, teams like that, the nothing teams in the league. If any other of those teams had lost had their last two games were a home defeat to Everton and the away defeat to Luton. I'd be like, I'd be a bit concerned, but there's no part of me that that thinks that, that that's anything to worry about. <laughs> this is so strange. Yeah, well, it's just the league we live in now, isn't it? <laughs> um, happier times for me certainly came at uh, St James's Park. Newcastle ran out four-one winners hmm. against Chelsea, my favourite club outside of Newcastle, of course. Um, we, our, <laughs> we, we've obviously got a lot of injuries, which has been well well documented. Our bench on Sunday consisted of three goalkeepers, <laughs> four children who um, are in the academy, um, and whatever Matt Dummett, uh, Matt Dummett, Matt Ritchie and Paul Dummett are. Um, that was our entire bench. Um, so it's fair, fair to say that the team on the pitch had to get it done, or um, it wasn't going to get changed off the bench. Um, and luckily they did 4-1. Um, everyone was brilliant. It was really, it was really nice. Um what I would say before we dig into Chelsea is that they're actually one of the better teams I've seen at beating our press. So they, they play it off in the back, obviously, all the time because it's all Sanchez does in goal. Um, he's not there for the goalkeeping. He's just there to uh, to be a nuisance. Um, and uh, they beat the press probably a number of times, but they've got absolutely nothing in the final third. Like Jackson, yeah. I'd, I'm sure he's very good at something, but it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> Against a decent defence, which you know I'm not not blowing out on trumpet particularly, but like yeah. we are a good defensive unit these days. Um, they had no trouble dealing with them. Um, what the game swung on uh, was just after half time, um, Raheem Sterling, who obviously scored a free kick in the first half and was 
he's a bit of an antagonistic soul, shall we say. Um, he went he went for a lie down in the box, pretended to be injured, rolled around for a bit, um, didn't get the decision. Um, when Chelsea got the ball back, would you believe it? He was all right. He was up and about. Um, and that really got the crowd back into the game. Um, and shortly thereafter, uh, you know, LaSalle scores to make it 2-1. And then Thiago Silva, who... I was, well, I mean, goodness me. In the first half, he managed to fall and back heel the ball out of play, which is impressive in many ways, but not as impressive as just... Have you ever seen a human shit himself, like, <laughs> in public? Because that's what that was it. He saw Joe Linton, the raging bull, tearing down on him, and he wanted nothing to do with that. Um, and that pretty much killed the game. Uh, obviously, you know, Reese James then got sent off just for... Just because, as... Uh, <laughs> As the captain, he threw the towel in, I think. Um, oh, God, yeah. I was, as good as we were, I was shocked by how quickly they folded under a bit of pressure. Um, and that's probably, you know, it's probably Chelsea fans will know that because they say this a lot, a lot more often than I do. But um, as I said to you off air, like, Chelsea have always had a lot of bastards who are good at football. Um, now there's a lot of bastards who, <laughs> who don't have the heart to... Uh, to trouble the mm. big teams in the league, and again, don't want to blow on Trump because we're not a big team by any means, but we are a competitor in the top half of the table. Um, and I think anyone who has a decent game plan will beat that Chelsea team. Um, they have their moments; they've got a lot of good individuals. But um, if you set up right, you know they'll not trouble you, especially with I say Jackson's. I'm not particularly worried about yeah. him. Like he's. he's I'm sure we'll play them in the League Cup in a few weeks' time. You'll score a hat trick to two as well. But like, <laughs> I saw I saw absolutely nothing on uh, on Saturday that made us think he was he was the answer to problems. Um, if I was Chelsea, I would slap in a bid for Ivan Tony on January the first, um, and make sure he's a Chelsea player by the time he's allowed to play again because he would solve a lot of their issues. Um, but I'm sure there's a few clubs who think that. Um, do you have any anything to add on this? Obviously, you know, I, I was I was I witnessed it, so I can go into detail on it. But um, no, I mean, I, I'd agree with pretty much everything you said there. I mean, even even their goal, it was a you know, it was a great free kick, but I I, I thought it was very very soft oh, free kick. It was down to the, it was down to the end of me, but like you could see when he was running through, it was, it was Stone's a quick lad, and he obviously slowed down, waiting for the contact. Um, 100%. And, it, and it, it was barely an arm on his back, man. It was pathetic. Like, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's one of those like you people who think, well, Chelsea fans who think that it was definitely a free kick will use the argument. You know, he's he's put his hands on him. He's given the ref the the chance to make that decision, which is all well and good. But it's you know, contacts for me <laughs> it's not 100% a foul you're, you are allowed to touch someone you're not allowed to push them over Chippy didn't push him over but you know that's that's even here or there really um, it's Chelsea themselves you know I've all season long we'll, we'll be back before the season when we did our predictions I'm pretty sure I had them finishing to like 7th or 8th so that certainly said they wouldn't be top 6 and I've seen nothing to, to make me think any different okay they They've had a, a couple of decent results against um, some of the bigger teams, you know, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal and Man City at home. They've, they've got draws with all of them. But in all those games, like, they, they were 
there were periods in all those games where the opposition weren't far from, from completely running away with, with that game. And I completely agree with you on Jackson. Okay, he got a hat trick against Tottenham when they were down to the <laughs> men and still trying to defend in the opposition half. Like, and even then, it, it, it took him about three or four attempts to to time and run properly. <laughs> Do you know, like he's 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 nowhere near the answer. But it's I like one of my mates is, is a Chelsea fan. I've kind of I, I said to him a few weeks ago. Like and I think I've mentioned on here, their transfer policy is, is just baffling. I, so for Enzo Fernandez, uh, Casado and Lavia, they spent well probably best part of 260, 270 million on on three central midfielders. And then just drop twenty million on Brighton second choice keeper and thirty million on a striker who'd only scored sixteen goals in his entire career. Like you, mm. you, you don't get a top level striker for thirty million pounds these days. It's very, like and if he's like a twenty one, you know, how old is he? Like twenty one, twenty two. So, yeah, I think so. Like if if you're a top striker at that age. You do not get sold for thirty million pounds. Like it, it just does not happen. Um, there, there's so many issues there. <clears throat> Reese James completely agree with what you said. Threw the towel in, like just, just ridiculous from your captain and, and stuff like that. Just it sets the tone, doesn't it? Really. Um, yeah. There's 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 so many issues at, at that football club. Uh, I mean, you, what what I loved about your third goal as well. <laughs> like once Joel Linton gets into the box <laughs> seven eight yards out and he fucking let oh, he, he, he didn't he didn't want to die wondering did he Christy yeah, he, he, he nearly <laughs> took the nearly took the goal off his hinges it was uh, some hit yeah. that but totally unnecessary I'll be honest like I still there was still a fairly large part of me thought he would miss because I've seen Joel Linton in, 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 in better positions than that even in this game he missed a header from about three yards with the keeper on the floor yeah. like you never really know. <laughs> <laughs> and just one of one other thing I'd say, and I ne- this time last year, there's there's no way I thought I'd been saying this. All the talk in the last England squads was, oh, how's Rashford in in that squad ahead of Raheem Sterling? How's Rashford in there ahead of Anthony Gordon? That's a very good question. <clears throat> I think uh, Anthony Gordon will be in the next England squad. When yeah. that's, unless something goes horribly wrong between now and March, he was. I I didn't see it coming from him this year. No. I, I thought he, when he first broke in at Everton a couple of years ago, I I thought okay, there's a talented player there, but I think he got his head turned a bit with talking yes. to move to Chelsea and yeah. his attitude as well. I I think put winds people up, but and even these first six months at Newcastle, like, I I kind of thought I don't really understand. This out of all the signings you've made, that that one felt out of place. But I mean, fair play credit where it's due. He's been brilliant this season. He absolutely has. Like he's he's gone from being like the uh, what is it the last choice, but he, you know he wasn't in anyone's first choice from three. I don't think. Uh, and now he's the first name on the team sheet. Like you 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 couldn't leave him out. Um, he's so much better at everything than I thought he was. Does that make sense? Like he's, he's, a lot, yeah. he's a lot quicker than I thought he was. He's a lot more skilled than I thought he was. He's a really good finisher. Like that, that finish on Saturday, like it's oh, not it's uh, exactly like it's. I think he's contributed uh, to a goal 
in all but one of our home games this season, something ridiculous like that, which is a great hit record for anyone um, in, any, in any league. So, I mean, I'm delighted with how his form's turned around. I mean, a fair play to him as well, because he could have thrown the towel and moved away from his home, gone somewhere where it probably didn't work out as he planned for the first four or five months. Um, yeah. Went away with under-21s in the summer, had a great tournament, came back, had a couple of weeks off, and then went straight into pre-season. So, um if he does end up going to the Euros next summer, he'll have played for twelve months straight. So that's that's something to look forward to. But uh, but uh, he's uh, he's brilliant, and now Isaac's back alongside him. You know, he's only going to get better. Um, not a huge fan playing as a centre forward, Gordon. So if he can keep on the wing, all the better. Happy days. Yeah, indeed. We go to Paris Saint Germain tomorrow night, and then we go to Man. Well, we host Man United on Saturday. Uh, so you know, we, we, the fixture just keeps on getting better and better. Um, surprise contender for game of the day came at the City <laughs> Ground, where uh, Nottingham Forest uh, lost three-two to Brighton. Um, Alanga and Gibbs White uh, for Forest, Ferguson and João Pedro twice for Brighton. Uh, Lewis Dunk was sent off for swearing at the ref. I believe so. Two game ban for silly Lewis Dunk. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised by this, but also quite surprised by this because uh, Forest are reasonably good at home, as you saw a few weeks ago. You know, <coughs> they, if they if they put it together, they're a decent side. Um, Brighton haven't won in the league since September, I think it was before this game. So yeah, didn't necessarily have Brighton down as win this one, but um, I think it would have been a lot more comfortable had Dunk not had a. A moment of madness. Uh, I guess the controversy in this one was the penalties that, well, they were both given, and yet Steve Cooper was still complaining about it, which I thought was odd. Um, I suppose his complaint was that Brighton's got given by the ref, yeah. and Forrest didn't get given by the on-field ref, but then they gave it in the VAR. So, um, hey ho! <laughs> uh, any yeah. comments on this? I mean, I I don't I, I really understand his complaint, like. Okay, yeah, the one was given by the ref at the time, the other they are, but surely if if both end up having the right conclusion, then that's what the whole point of it was meant to be. I, I, I did think they were both penalties. You know, you, you could argue that they were both soft penalties, but but, but for me, I, I, I thought I didn't have any problem with the penalty being given. Um, and yeah, Lewis Tonk, I, I don't know... I don't really know what, what he was thinking. <laughs> get, get himself sent off like that. It's such a needless thing to do. And It's a very just, um, Kevin Nolan, the week before Christmas type thing to do, isn't it? Where, like, <laughs> you just, just fancy a couple of games off for some reason. He's, he's gone too early with it then. He really has, hasn't he? He, he really has. He must have, must have some big plans in December because he's, uh, he's obviously going to miss a few now. Um, Brighton looking a bit stretched defensively as well. Obviously, he's out. I think Webster's injured. Um, Lamptey went off injured here. Um, Estupina went off injured as well uh, in over the international break. I think it was. Um, so a bit thin on the ground back there. And now, obviously, to lose your captain for two games, very, very irresponsible. Um, not the smartest decision, I don't think. No, yeah, a bit, bit, bit silly. Um... <clears throat> but yeah, a, a big, like, big win for them really. Because like, uh, yeah, like we said, I think it'd been six. I mean, they've gone six games without a win. Um, so yeah, it was, it was big for them to sort of get get back on track. And 
you know, they, they're, they're a good team. You know, they, we, we've said it for God knows how long now. They, they, they do play really good football. And I just think last season, finishing sixth was, was brilliant for them, obviously. I, I don't think they've, they've quite got the depth to cope fully with the European campaign. But if they, so they're sitting eighth now. If they finish the season finishing eighth and, you know, have a decent run in the Europa League, I think that's still a very, very good season for them. I find it absolutely astonishing they're eighth, having won one game in six. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) mental. Um, But that's where we are. Um, Steve Cooper, under any pressure for you at Forest? I'd be surprised. Because um, last season, the, the chairman seemed quite keen to get rid of him on a number of occasions. It never did. did yeah. Um, and I just wonder now, like, you know, they've won one in six, I think, as well. Um, yeah. They're really not very good, but I think they should be better than they are. Um, and I just yeah, wonder, I I just, they, I just wonder that, if their the mad chairman will bring in someone from, you know... He won the league with Olympiagos five years ago. You know that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean that. That, that I think that's only that's only their first defeat at home this season. Um, Is it? Oh, well. not, not, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. So they've not won many at home, but they they've drawn an awful lot. Like they've thrown away the leads in an awful lot of home games. Um, and I think what they're they're eight points clear of safety. I I don't I don't see them being in any real serious danger of going down. I think. I'd be surprised if if he went, like unless unless they went on a catastrophic run of form and they looked like they were in serious danger. I'd be surprised if, if he went at any stage this season. But maybe in the summer they might, the chairman might get ideas above his station. Yeah, it's an, it's another one because because there's like as we've said three or four teams who are noticeably weak on everybody else. You don't necessarily need to pull the trigger, as we've seen by the fact that no one's lost their job yet. I think it's probably yeah. the, long, the longest, the longest, longest I can remember where no managers uh, left the job yet. Um, but anyway, um, anyway, I will go then to Sheffield United one, Bournemouth three. Bournemouth uh, showing some signs of playing the Iriola way, whatever that is. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it. It helps you to play the way you want to play when you're up against Sheffield United, doesn't it? I mean, they... Uh, well, the battle does last well, last game as well, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't... What, what can you say about this game? That That's... I know, that's let's, not, let's not waste <laughs> any time on it. I mean, yeah. I like Tavernier for, for Bournemouth, like I said, this last season. I think he's decent. He's been injured, though, so... Um, yeah. Got to him getting two goals. Um Sheffield United were three 0 down home at Bournemouth, and people wonder why they didn't get relegated. Like that's that's not yeah, a good scoreline. I, I think I, I think it was the third goal, which was basically straight from the second half kicking off. Sheffield United, mm. you know, lost the ball deep in the opposition half, and then just the defending for that goal was it was so so bad. You, yeah, I, <laughs> they're done. <laughs> they, they are yeah, done. They, they will get relegated. Justin Clavard scored in this game. Do you know what that, what that means for him? Go on. He is the first player in a long time, I can't remember who the ones were now, to score in the top five leagues. And he's done it by the age of 24. Oh, right. Um, well, you learn something new every day. Scoring in La Liga, Serie A, League One, uh, not League One, League One, 
and the Bundesliga, um, and now the Premier League. So well done to him. Well done, Justin. Well done. Um, only previously matched by well, do you know who? Well, can you guess who's previously matched? Both have played the Premier League. Oh, I mean, you know what I'm like under pressure with, with these questions, Dave. <laughs> 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 I'm even going to attempt. Well, it's Ratan. No, it's uh, of course it's ex um, Romania striker Florin Radicoyu <laughs> and uh, ex Man City man Stevan Jovetic. I mean, we you could have given me some oh, we... season. <laughs> 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 I'm that's unlikely I would have said but uh, that's what we've got so there we go <laughs> um, right enough of this nonsense Saturday tea time was another terrible game Brentford nil Arsenal won um, this looked like it was going to be nil-nil for an awful long time um, until Kai Havertz scored late on um, what was incredible about this was did you see, um, well, firstly, the chance Brentford missed in the first half when uh, Ramsdale went walkies? And, uh, yes, I did. How on earth, how was that not a goal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's, they, they, there's been uh, mitigating circumstances for some of Brentford's games this season that they miss Ivan Tony, but I don't think you can blame that on Ivan Tony not being no, a that was absolutely... Absolutely incredible. Um, followed up by, um, did you see Zinchenko's clearance in the second half when I can't remember this? It was like a, I didn't know. It was like a ball back across the box, and the guy headed it down, and Zinchenko just like appeared from nowhere to slide and clear it. It was it was fair play, like um, they worked hard to keep that clean sheet, um, and got the rewards at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> They got it all at the very end. Uh, I put Arsenal top of the table, as we discussed at the very top of the show. Um, it's quietly become quite a good title race. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I, I mean, you're in it, which we'll come on to. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I suppose we are. But, um, no, I mean, Arsenal, this season, I think, defensively, I've been really impressive there. And it's, it's no coincidence that... That has coincided with the signing of Declan Rice. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer, and they 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 do look they're a very hard team to beat. They're hard to get goals against. Don't I think they are lacking going forward? Um, you know, they've they've got some very technically good players, and they've they've got players that will get them goals. You know, Saka, Martinelli will get goals. Uh, Jesus will get you goals. Uh, and they, they're part of three teams, uh, you know, alongside City and, and Liverpool, which, yeah, I agree. It's, I think we have got a, a proper title race. I, I still maintain that, that City will, will go on and win it because they will just go into Man City turbo modes come the new year. But Arsenal, they, they are looking really, really good. Um, the thing is, though, they look really, really good. Mm. For up until February, March last season, like <clears throat> there, there is always that in your back, in the back of your minds, when the pressure's really, really on. Will they just crumble again? You know, there's the evidence, which, history would suggest that they will. They may not. They may have that experience last season may in the long term do them good. You, you know, we, we won't know. Obviously, and 
until the season plays out a bit further. But at, at the moment, you know, they're 100% uh, proper serious title contenders uh, yet again. Yeah, they um, they are looking the part, and as you say, like, having race in there, obviously wasn't there last season. That could help when it gets a bit tighter later in the season. Obviously, Odegaard's a year older and wiser, and um, they've got options. You know, Trossard and Jesus and Enketia and whatever be, else. That'll be one of those other clubs you mentioned when you were talking about. Chelsea slapping a bit in private Tony. I, mm. I'd expect Arsenal to be doing the same as well. Yeah, I think um, I think Enketi is decent against the average opposition, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be the difference maker in, in, in the real big games. Um, whereas Tony could be, um, and you know, obviously other options as well. But um, I don't think Enketi is the answer to them winning that title back um, anytime soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got moved on either in January or in the summer, if they're going to bring in yeah. another, another striker. Um, interesting, though. It's it's obviously is a neutral, yeah. relative neutral I mean, in the title race. It's nice to have some interest in there. The, the way that they won that game, it's it's one of those games, like um, um, victories, that that you've got to get. To, yeah, to, it, to win it's, it's like every Man United away win of the 90s, basically. <laughs> like, the other yeah. team had a go for a bit, and then, ah, oh, we've scored. Like, I remember um, our, our first year back in, in the Premier League, which where Liverpool ended up obviously going on to, to win the league that, that season once um, the, the football restarted after COVID. But we, we played Liverpool at home. It was around maybe October time that season. We were 1-0 up with 10 minutes to go. They pulled one back and then stoppage time, they got a winner. And I remember coming away for the game there. Like, you know, it was a similar time to the season now. And like, coming away thinking, that's the type of victory that, that wins you a league. Mm. Like, the game where you've not quite been at your best, but you've just found a way to get it done. And... You know, it's, I, 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 say, I still think Man City will go on and win the league, but but they're the type of results that if you if you want to make a proper challenge, you've got to do, and, and fair play to them, they did. Indeed. Well, that finishes Saturday's action. Um, Sunday, we had two big games for different reasons. We'll do your game first, obviously, in order. Uh, Tottenham 1, Villa 2. Um, something very satisfyingly spursy about... <laughs> what's happening there where they've gone from <laughs> title contenders to fifth in three games um still only four points off the top don't get me wrong but um the difference between tottenham with madison versus tottenham without madison is quite noticeable um and i mean as <laughs> a biggest compliment possible to him um because i think he just changes the way they play entirely um but also um their center, the, the defensive situation is a problem. I think Romero's got one more game, maybe. I think, yeah. Um, but to take nothing away from yourselves. Um, at one 0 down and probably under a fair bit of fair bit of pressure. Um, obviously, I had one just choked off a marginal offside, and then the equaliser on half time was good. But Watkins' goal was very good. Take us through it, Si. What uh, what won you the game? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. I'd, I'd, the the pundits view of why we won the game is because as you kind of pointed out Tottenham are the first team I think <laughs> in the game to have, to have injuries um, I don't know if you're aware of it 
Uh, I think the commentators may have brought it up once or twice during the game. I didn't quite catch it. But, um, yeah, so they've... It's a thing called an injury for people who... You won't know it because it's never happened to the team before. But it's, it's mm. when you can't play one of your players. And, uh, yeah, Tottenham has just been really, unfortunately, struck down with this. Uh, yeah, my heart goes out to them. But, uh, I, think, I mean, the, the game itself, look, the first half... First half, we were, we were off the pace... But I, I thought we were. I thought that we were off the pace, but not from the way that the commentators looked at it. I thought we were poor on the ball, defensively. I actually thought we were, we were still pretty good. Like the there was they 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 kept talking about how Tottenham should have been out of sight, the number of chances that they created. Now, say if you create seven chances in a game, but five of those are accompanied by an offside flag. Hmm. Have you created seven chances, or have you actually only created two? Like... Well, I can tell you for free, I wouldn't be getting the shot on target on me on me on me on me, on me, on me, on me betting slip. So, so no, yeah. I haven't. So, I mean, for the first half, they they pressed us really, really well. Um, you know, we we did struggle to kind of get out of our own half at times. But for all of their good high pressure and, and pressing. I don't really remember, certainly in the first half, Martinez actually having to do an awful lot. They, there was one time, I think after like two minutes, when Udogi got, got through and should have done better. Um, and Kulisevsky hit the post, which I, I, I still don't really understand how he <laughs> hit the target with that one. And he did all the hard work. But then other, other than that, you know, the, the, at half-time... And I think on match of the day, they analysed um, the chance uh, that Son put over the bar as like a chance missed, but Brennan Johnson was offside. So that, mm. for me, that completely is in the relevance. It doesn't warrant any analysis as, as the chance created. You know, we defensively, we did really well. And then, you know, yes, every, the goal disallowed for offside. It's, it's one of those... I, I Watkins, I, I'm more annoyed at him because he's looking across the line at the defender. He, he should have stayed on, but, but you know these things happen. The equalising goal, that ball from Douglas Louise, <clears throat> fucking hell! Like that, the, genuinely, that 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 was like a, that that's Beckham esque. That delivery from virtually the halfway line to get that accuracy pace on it and get it into that area where the defenders can't quite get back but it's too far for the keeper to come out it's just a perfect ball in and a lovely head from Torres who, who'd missed probably an easier one <laughs> about 20 minutes before that um, and you know we we kind of I, I was going into the break or just before half time I was thinking like just just getting that one getting one nil down Emery will have a word with them and, and it will change so obviously getting that equaliser so I think obviously massively lifted us and sucked the life out of them a little bit. But then this, the, the changes at half time to bring uh, Bailey and Tiedemans on, I thought that just completely changed the game. And again, Tottenham had a lot of possession in, in the second half. But from my point of view, it felt like we were completely dictating how that game was going in that second half. We were... We were kind of at that stage happy to let them have the ball in certain areas because we we know what what we can do. And once we went two one up, uh, it was a lovely little goal as well. It means poor defending from Tottenham's point of view, but um, you know the little sort of one two between Watkins and, and Telemans, 
who's the last few weeks has really, really started to to impress. And a lovely little finish. And once we went ahead, and you could kind of see that Tottenham had just gassed themselves out at that stage, I, I just, I, I, I felt comfortable. Um, you know, the Son had three goals disallowed for offsides because we we just we are really good at that defensive line. You know, uh, I saw a stat earlier. The 38 games now since Emery's been in charge, we've caught the opposition offside 165 times. Ooh, the next good. team on the next team on that list is Liverpool with 93. So, oh, right. <laughs> so like there's, so there's been a few games this season where pundits who clearly just haven't watched an awful lot of us will just go, oh, I don't like that high line, or, you know, they're, they're getting away with it here. If you're catching teams offside that many times over that mm. length of time, you're not getting away with it. It's oh, just yeah. you being very, very good at what you do. Well, exactly. It's a tactic, isn't it? It's obviously a tactic that works. Um, no great... Not all, the, not all the time. Well, um, no, but... No, well, yeah, but no tactic works all the time. Like, it's not exactly. like, you know, like, Pep doesn't win every game, etc., etc. So, like... Um, you have to say, like, um, there's no great advert for your tactic work and then catching Son offside three times for three disallowed goals. Yeah. Like, you know, that's... Because they're all very um, di- different types of offside as well, so... Yeah, uh, well, funny with Son, uh, he must have, like, a, a complete brain fart when he plays against Villa because we, we played in the third last game of uh, last season at Villa Park and we caught him offside <laughs> nine times alone in that game. Wow. Like, yeah, I know. No, yeah, at, at some point, you think one of his teammates would say, Son, you quick, give <laughs> yourself a yard or two, mate. These are all things I wish I knew before I made him my cap, my cap in fantasy football this week. <laughs> but, um, Idiot. Yeah, I mean, we, that, it was a, it was a big win uh, to come, come from behind uh, uh, away that team that you know have had a decent start to the season to, uh, to go above them now and to, to be in the top four it's yeah it's really really big and we just we just look a really really good team now and, and not even the team it's the squads like to bring Tiedemans and Bailey off as I said you know as I said earlier Tiedemans is you know the last few weeks uh, start to show his quality Bailey this season is he's like a different player he's been unbelievable this year and then yeah, it helps as well having a goalkeeper of the quality of Emmy Martin. There's, you know, the, when he was called upon, double save from Brennan Johnson, and then uh, following up from Hoiberg. That's it's it's all it, it's looking uh, very strangely positive, which is a feeling I've not had for quite a long time at, at Villa. You know, in my earlier days, late mid to late nineties and through the two thousands, we were a really decent team. But the last twelve, thirteen years, it's, it's not been great. But we. It feels there's a feeling around the, the entire club now that that's something special is building. What that will ultimately be, if anything, you know, only time will tell. But there's just such. I think I imagine it's very similar to what it's like for you going to St James mm-hmm. Park. There's just a feeling around the place like something's happening here. Yeah, well, I think we said last season like you're probably um, a few months behind us in terms of since Emery yeah. came in versus when we got taken over kind of thing. Um, it's uh, it's obviously brewing. You've obviously got the results together. I think we said before the international break, yours and Spurs' next few games, Bournemouth, obviously next for you, but aside from that, I think you've got Man City and... Arsenal. Basketball. Arsenal, yeah. So yeah. that, coupled with this Tottenham game, was going to give us a great idea of, of where you are. 
Um, and obviously you've passed the first test of flying colours, so <laughs> we'll see where that goes yeah. with you. Um, the, the one <clears throat> the other thing I, w- I want to uh, point out from, from this game as well is the, the, the Spurs fans' um, reaction during the game and post-game to Matty Cash has been a, 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 been a fucking disgrace. It's, it's been a bit weird, hasn't it? It's like, is this no, all because was, of that tackle? Was, yeah, and so... It was it was a foul on the yellow card, yeah. Like there's no there's no doubt about that. Um, but he, some of the things I've seen posted on his Twitter and his Instagram, like I mean I'm talking like Holocaust stuff to, mm. to do with his Polish ancestry, uh, which you know coming from Tottenham of all, I know. Like or because a player got fouled in the game, and it turns out all he's done is bruised his fucking ankle. Like I honestly <laughs> I thought it was fucking pathetic and they honestly should be ashamed of themselves bearing in mind you know they i've seen you know they're saying oh he's, he's an absolutely filthy player you do know that you've got romero in your team <laughs> you love it when he goes studs through everyone and also your captain's son broke someone's fucking leg a couple of years ago like i honestly like i it really really wound me up i, I thought it's so no, ridiculous there's no greater hypocrite than a football fan but um it's, yeah it should obviously we all get riled up when we're at a game and by all means boo these players but yeah. don't don't go on Instagram and call him out and his heritage and stuff because he fouled your player man come on get a, uh, uh, yeah get I, I a grip. thought it was pathetic absolutely pathetic but you, I, I mean look every fan base ha, has idiots um, and social media allows unfortunately allows people who who shouldn't be, be allowed mm. to uh, yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like it's gone full bonk this year in terms of like people getting abused and things. And in many ways, I blame people like Arteta because they're fueling this hatred um, by not just being you know magnanimous in defeat. Um, I mean, yeah. Arsenal fans are still crying about the Anthony Gordon goal four weeks on, three weeks on. Yeah. Like it's insane. <laughs> like, and yeah. it's all because I mean, Arteta hasn't taken it like a man and been like, well, you know. Some you get, some yeah. you don't. Because he had, a little, he had a little bitch fit about it, and now everyone thinks, thinks it actually is a problem. Yeah. I mean, like, f- f- fair play to, uh, to Postacoglu. You, you know, I, I, after the game, could you imagine, like, if it was someone like Arteta who's in charge, you know that they'd be going, he's he, he, a disgrace, he should be like, like honestly. It's like, and just like, yeah, we, he didn't even bring it up. He's just talking about the positives from, from his team. Like, it's, you're right, just... Just grow up. No, that's exactly. Yeah, we all are passionate, but at the end of the day, it's a fucking game. <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> but, obviously blame our title, but I think obviously people like Klopp have got to take the blame as well. I mean, Klopp, oh, Klopp, God, Klopp, so pulled, Klopp pulled a hamstring last season trying to complain. I mean, that, that's that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, all all for just a. A slightly mistimed challenge that got a yellow card well, that he deserved and nothing I, more. I think that's what people need to realise that when fouls happen on a football pitch and they get booked, that is a punishment. Like that is what the game is. Like, yeah. Doesn't mean you then do jail time afterwards. Like it's not, <laughs> like yeah. uh, people need to get a grip. It's strange. It is strange, yeah, sorry, yeah. but um, I'm sure we'll find a way to blame the government and or um, <laughs> external factors. Probably Saudi Arabia. They'll get the blame. Um, uh, right, the last game of the weekend, well, before tonight's fodder, which we'll come on to actually because it's been interesting. Um, but 
Um, Everton nil, my note three doesn't really tell even half the story of this game. Um, I wish Carl was on, not because of the result, because I really want to hear his opinions on the ten point deduction. So, um, since we last spoke, Everton have been docked ten points for breaching FFP rules. Um, now, on the face of it, I don't think they should have any complaints about that. They have broke the rules. Um, <coughs> reading back through the transcript, um, Everton were warned maybe 18 months ago, two years ago, that if they didn't curb their spending, um, they were going to breach this cap. Um, Everton tried some jiggery-pokery with sort of offsetting COVID losses and things, and they've been basically told that they're very much wrong on that. Um, so they've been docked 10 points. Now they're going to appeal that. They might get it back. They might not. I wouldn't be surprised if they got maybe that reduced from 10 to 6, 7 points maybe. Don't know. Um, before we get on the game, what's your take on the, the deduction? Because um, Everton obviously haven't taken it well, which I wouldn't expect them to. But like, <laughs> yeah. but I'm a very simple man. Of, if you break the rules, you do the punishment. So what's, the, what's their argument against that? I don't think there is. Like, I, I, the the argument the only argument that it seems that they have is, well, what are they going to do to Man City? Well, we don't know. Yeah. Like, and, and until, you know, whatever, until that plays out, that cannot be a valid argument. And, you know, you, you, can, you can say, oh, it's really harsh. I actually don't think it is. Like, there's got to be some sort of deterrence. Where, where they would have, where I do think they have genuine... Uh, complaint is how the six teams who tried to break away for the Super League got basically fined three million pounds each. Like that, that would piss me off and think, well, hang on a minute, why haven't they had a, a proper punishment? You know that that that's a possibly a valid argument. But at the end of the day, Everton broke the rules. They admitted to breaking the rules. They and like you said, there they were given plenty of warnings. Like don't fuck about and they went no no we won't we won't and and just did like, yeah like they spent yeah. like they spent 27 million that is the chimitri from sport and lisbon um yeah. i'm sure they didn't need to spend 27 million whatever, whatever it was on him like and really they, like they when they sold luca dean to us like that was sort of help balance ffp but then mm. in that same january transfer window went out and bought two left backs did they did they need to go so yeah i I actually don't really have a problem with the the punishment. Like they broke the rules, there's, there's got to be a deterrent. And like as as I said, until you can't say what they're going to do about Man City and use that as an argument because we don't know. We've got to and and you know, yeah, okay, it's 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 taken very long, but it's, it was one charge for Everton. It's 150 yeah. for Man City, who will have probably a team of 10 lawyers on each individual charge. Like, it's going to be dragged out. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, as a fan base, you will probably be annoyed because it's not, you know, the fans haven't decided to to break the rules with their finances. And it's, you know, it's, 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 they've cheated. They've just not cheated very well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think... That's uh, the frustration is. Yes, I think that's the bottom line, really. Um and as well, it's not really fair on the fans because they haven't done anything wrong. But yeah. uh, that's the owners of the club who are at fault. And of course, they're in the middle of trying to sell more stories today about the new owners not really having the funds available right now to buy the buy Everton, um, oh, which that, is that, no surprise to anybody. Side, is it? <laughs> <sighs> it, it, it's fairly bleak. I mean, we talked off air 
I think in the WhatsApp group about the possibility of is it Leicester, Burnley, and Leeds trying to sue sue, sue yeah. Everton or sue someone anyway for uh, for yeah. cheating? Basically, I don't think they'll get anywhere with that. But if they if they were to, um, yeah. I think I think Everton would be in severe financial difficulties. Um, yeah. But I mean, hopefully for Everton's sake, it doesn't come to that. But it's got to be a possibility. Um, as you say, I mean, what it does do. If Man City get found guilty of even one of those 115 charges, now, I'm sure Man City got the best lawyers in the world, but can they get off all 115 <laughs> charges? Like, four, oh, that's a big ask. I, that, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's uh, that, mir- that, Miracle at Medina kind of stuff, this, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, like, look, the thing like, with, the, with the City one as well is, I, I, maybe I'm... I'm Maybe I'm also a simple man and, and look at this very simplistically, but I think if you if you're absolutely adamant that you've done nothing wrong and you're maintaining that you've got the evidence that you've done nothing wrong, then why and why is why is this not being dealt with then? Like, mm. why are you refusing to cooperate? That call me a cynic, Dave. <sighs> that would suggest that maybe they're not being as honest as they're they're making out. Well. Um, it wouldn't surprise you, would it? I mean, but yeah, it'll be be interesting uh, to see how it eventually plays out. But it's it's going to take fucking ages. I mean, I, th- I think I saw uh, heard since say that the on this one charge uh, for Everton, it was like documents was like ten thousand odd pages mm. on yeah. one charge. So it's it's going to take a long time, and the Premier League. You know, I've obviously brought these charges against Man City. They're going to want to make sure that they've got an absolute watertight case as well. So it's just one of those. It'll be again. It's just the fans. I understand their frustration because they have done nothing wrong. But you know, the club did. They did. I mean, I still think Everton will have enough to get out of relegation trouble. Um, after this defeat, they sit 19th with four points. Obviously, it would be 14, which would have them 14th. Um, but I think they'll be okay. I mean, they played pretty well here, to be fair. I mean, I know the stats only tell you so much, but Everton had some like 24 shots to Man United, nine. Um, and maybe they didn't do enough to win the game, but how they didn't at least score, I have no idea. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, you know, if they if they get a goal back, I don't think I don't think it gets to three 0 Put it that way, or three yeah. one, because they wouldn't be that exposed. But. Um, a mixture of good defending and horrific finishing somehow kept this at at, at one nil and obviously two nil three nil etc. But um, what did you think of Man United's performance? I mean, we've talked a lot about Everton, but Man U um, have been much maligned this season. Yet are the Premier League's form team some, <laughs> somehow? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the reason is because. The uh, the last six games have included Burnley, Everton, Sheffield United, and Luton. <laughs> I read well. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you know they've they've not they've not had the most difficult of runnings, but they've made those games look very fucking difficult for them. Mm. Um, the game itself, like obviously, the crowds were in a uh, should we say they were up for it. Um, <laughs> due to certain circumstances we've just been discussing uh, what a way to fucking silence our crowd I know the, <laughs> the worst thing for Everton was to concede early um, to a wonder goal as well I mean that put a pin in Everton didn't it kind of anyway but yeah that, I mean, I mean let, let's just take a, a brief moment to talk about that goal like I think we should have a, I think we should have a, 
we should have a moment silence for um, Michael Alise's <laughs> Michael Alise's hopes of winning goal of the goal of the month, which lasted about seventeen hours before <laughs> before uh, this wonderful. Oh, you get so I mean, much, you, you get so high in the air, like it's incredible, yeah. really. It's like it's fancy has to sprint back four or five yards to, hmm. to get inside position in the first place. I mean, you know, you just there's there's not. It's not an awful lot sometimes that you can do about certain goals, and it's it's one of you know you know it's a ridiculously good goal when you see the uh, the opposition fans behind the goal puffing their cheeks out when it's <laughs> in as if to say fuck you know <laughs> fair, fair, fair play <laughs> yeah but but then like as you say it's, it's worst possible start so early but then actually Everton I thought recovered quite well from that in the first half and. You know, as you sort of said there, how they didn't score at some stage in that first half, you kind of, well, I was going to say you can't really understand, but but I can from their home from the season. They've been dreadful at home, like in, in terms of results. And, hmm. By all accounts, they've had some decent performances at home this season, but I mean, they're just absolutely knackering themselves with, with, with the lack of goals. And then the... the uh, Sort of a penalty earlier, earlier on in that second half. That that just completely kills the game. And I kind of, I don't really get what Deutsch's complaints were after the game. Like, no. it's, a, it's a clear fucking penalty. Uh, well, yes, I think it was. I obviously got overturned. Um, Marshall, was he booked for a dive? He was. Uh, yeah, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously very wrong. But his reputation preceded him somewhat there. Um, I thought the ref was very, very poor in this game. Um, in the first half in particular because um, I felt like Man United committed four or five fairly cynical fouls which were not even punished with a card. Um, whereas Evan, every time they breathed on a Man United player, picked up a card. Um, Fernandez I mean, went, through, went through a guy on the touchline. I can't remember who it was, but he went through a guy on the touchline. The ref played advantage, but then he didn't go back and book him. And I was like, it, it was pretty bad foul, I thought. Um <laughs> Right, it's as old as time. Though. It is, you're right. And, but... I mean, like, Fernandez specifically, again, going back to our, our first season in the Premier League, when we played them at home, it was, it was COVID at this stage, and uh, Man U got a penalty for Bruno Fernandez standing on Esri Cons' ankle. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, like, he... Uh, oh, I don't want to talk about him. Let's, <laughs> let's move on from yeah. him. But once once the second went in, yeah, it was. I kind of felt. I don't know if you did. You watch match of the day two last night. I didn't know. So they they did quite a, a good little bit of analysis on Everton, really, and that they kind of the the performance of the players on the pitch didn't match the sort of fever coming from the crowds. Like in terms of there was they they showed like a number of times where Manu was sort of like playing it out from the back and whilst they didn't end up going anywhere with it, but they were never put under any pressure. Like they were kind of like Calvert-Lewin was going and pressing on his own and like Dwight McNeil's kind of like jogging back, not, not really looking around. And, and they were kind of like showing that what that allowed there was Manu to sort of gain a confidence on the ball and, and feel comfortable coming out the back. And then this as the second half went on, you know, they, they, I, yeah, I thought it ended up being a relatively 
comfortable victory at, in that second half. Like obviously, yeah, you know, as we discussed, first half, Everton were, were unfortunate, but I, the game became far too easy for Man U, and I, it wasn't. It was not the performance I was expecting from Everton, given you know all the build up to it. Yeah, I mean, it must be. I suppose from an Everton player point of view, um, it'd be quite confusing to go from 14th to 19th overnight. Um, <laughs> And go from ah, oh, we're going to be out right this season probably to oh, no. shit, why <laughs> not be? Yeah. Um, but they've got plenty of time to get to come to us and turn oh, yeah. around. Um, hopefully, they'll have better days. Um, last word on this: I thought um, Kobe Mainu, Mainu, yeah, was excellent for Man United. Um, he just did everything that they've been missing. He picked the ball up off the keeper. He picked them up between the defensive midfield, which again they've needed for a while. Um, just very, very good. Looked well beyond his years. <clears throat> yeah, they, they. I mean, they, they focus again on, on him and uh, on match of the day last night. And it's kind of it was it was interesting actually watching some of the clips of him picking the ball up off off the keeper on the half turn. Like I mean, Onana, I think he's got a lot of deficiencies in his game uh, in terms of like basic goalkeeping, shot stopping, things like that. But one of the criticisms he's kind of had is, you know, people said, oh, I thought he was meant to be good with the ball at his feet. But if he's, he spent pretty much all season passing it to people who are incapable of taking the ball on the half turn. Yes. You've got to have the players who are able to do that <laughs> for a goalkeeper like that to work. And they showed a few times that Manu clearly, you know, he's a young kid. He's probably been brought up playing football that, that type of way. And, so, yeah, very good start for him, definitely. Well, it's not what we wanted. We wanted more misery no. for Man United. But, oh, uh, it will come when they play against another half-decent team. Have we discussed that Ten Hag's assistant is just him? Like, <laughs> it's just another Dutch bald man. <laughs> like, it's very odd. Very odd. Yeah, well, he's, he's an odd man, isn't he? He's called, he's called uh, Eric Eleven Hag, and he's just the eleven. <laughs> The eleventh one out of the out of the production line. Uh, right um, tonight, I will leave this for the guys who probably watched it closer than we have. But um, in what I called a quarter filler, um, a little bit of a thriller. So, Fulham, Fulham three, Wolves two. Um, the game none of us knew we needed to watch this weekend. Um, there were three penalties. Um, there was a lot of tomfoolery. Looked like quite a good game. Um, the net result, though, is. Uh, that Wolves stay 12th and Fulham climb to 14th, um, where both teams may well finish and no one would care. So good, <laughs> good, good for them. Although yeah, I would say is Wolves um, with 15 points, one point behind Chelsea in 10th, um, far further up the table than I thought they'd be. I think we've talked about this before. Gary O'Neill's doing great yeah. work there, making Wolves yeah. the entertainers. <laughs> Yeah, I think both teams are kind of. I think both teams are doing better than than I thought. And as we've we've kind of mentioned, I think Fulham, especially with the lack. I mean, I think they only scored nine goals before tonight's game. I think they're they're one of those teams that are fortunate. There's you know three or four mm. really really poor teams in that league. Yeah, I think. Um... Ironically, I think Fulham will also kind of swap roles. Fulham have gone from being this entertaining team 
goals for fun to being this really miserly, you know, they scored 13 goals all season, was 10, as you say. Um, And Wolves have gone, well, we can't score for Toffee too. Well, all we do is score, but keep them out, not for us. So All it took was uh, Wolves moving Raul Jimenez on to Fulham. That's it, yeah. Um, That's a fair point, actually. (laughs) He's like the anti-goal. Unfortunate for them. Uh, so all of that leaves um, the Arsenal top with 30 points, Man City second with 29, Liverpool and Villa third and fourth with 28 points, then come Tottenham 26, Man United 24, Newcastle 23, Brighton 22 and the rest. Um, all shaping up very nicely for the festive period. Um, December on Friday, so you got your advent calendar ready? Uh, I, well, I'm, I'm hoping that, that my mum has gone out and bought me a chocolate advent calendar, because you understand, Dave, I'm only 36, I can't buy it myself. Well, obviously not, I mean, you know, otherwise Sandy won't come, if you don't open every door. Um, <laughs> uh, right, let's wrap things up yeah. on that note. Before we go, I'm really <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet? So on Twitter, you can find me at Sio Regan, uh, Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast, and the website 7500toholt.com. Sensational. You can find me on Twitter, X, uh, at CM9798. Um, the YouTube is CM9798players, and the website is CM9798.co.uk, because we have a strong brand. Uh, you can find the show on uh, Twitter and X, at, uh, at Man on the Post. Um, I would like to say that people will be back next week. If not, put his remain sigh again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see Madness on Saturday night. It's exciting, isn't it? Oh, yeah? Oh. Uh, uh, Madness, su- nice. supported by the Lightning Seeds. Wow. That's, you, that's, you, just, you just try and stop me. That's a lineup I wouldn't have necessarily put together. I'd, I've seen the Lightning Seeds before. Yeah, that was last year. Great. Um, nice. uh, so, yeah, I'll be... It's on the same time as we play Man United, so I'm going to avoid the score and watch it as live when I get in. Ooh. With 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 Suggs's wonderful <laughs> wonderful drunken voice echoing around my mind. So that sounds like a good night. Well, we'll see, won't we? Right. Um, thanks everyone for listening to the Dave and Sai show. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Chris and the gang will be back between now and next week. I don't know when they come on. They record at some point in time. Don't know. Yeah. Listen to it though, it's really good. Um Sai, say goodnight, JV. Yeah, good night, thank you. God bless. <laughs> Mint. Nice. <laughs> um thanks everyone, and always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>